Hey, welcome to the Protectors Podcast. Excellent guests today. Guests, plural. We have Birdie and we have Ryan Steck. Birdie Bell. What's going on? First of all, Birdie, you're an actress. This is yeah. incredible. I mean, I mean, typically we get people like Ryan and I were like, hey, you know, gruff and everything, but you're like a bona fide actress. <laughs> that is that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it is cool. And now was that something you always wanted to like, Yeah, I always pursue? knew. I always knew. Now we're talking like kindergarten here. Cause like Absolutely. my daughter, like, you know, always in a drama club and all that yep. stuff. Yep. Now, when you get into acting, do you have to be like, do you have to do it in high school? Do you have to be like in the drama club or are you just kind of like, ah, you know, I think that there is such a technicality to it. Like it really, like as much as, um, as much as you want to sort of just improv, there really is, technique that you have to learn and I think if you the earlier you start it's kind of like sports um the better you you kind of have a shot of entering fully prepared well you know acting comes with a script and you have a unique background because your dad is like this yeah this massive author and massive universe and creative now coming from that creative background and then having a dad who's creative and picking stuff up from him, how he's developing stories, how he's building characters. You're there in a process. Yeah. That's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. We share that in that, that we're both storytellers. Yeah. I love it. Now, Ryan, we have the big news today. I mean, it's been out. A lot of people know, but we're podcasting now about it. And this is huge. Alex hurts, man. Yeah, Alex Hawk yeah. is a huge steps stepping into these shoes and taking on a story. I'm just I'm not putting you under any pressure like that. But no, man, I feel it. You're good. Like it's um <clears throat> it, it's it's incredibly um humbling. It's it's I as Bernie knows, and, and part of the the fun of this has been getting to know her. Um I loved her dad, <clears throat> very close with him. He was a good mentor to me. Um I miss him dearly. And I, but I know Hawk, I know Hawk through Ted. And so getting into this first book um, that I'm writing right now, Monarch, I don't feel like I lost Ted. I feel like he talks to me all day. I will literally like, I don't know what the equivalent is for like method acting method writing, but I will literally get stuck sometimes and say like, Ted, talk to me. What would he say here? And I will usually find it, you know? And, um, but no, there it's huge shoes to fill. It's, um, there's, there's a lot of pressure, but it's the best kind of pressure. You know what I mean? You know, working, you guys are basically have to work this as a team too, because you're taking on a big responsibility you're taking on something that Ted has done for a long time, but you're also working with Birdie, who has to honor her father's legacy. So, Birdie, how how did this whole how did this happen to, to get Ryan to kind of like pull the trigger and say, "Hey, you know what? I want Ryan. He's the he's the guy that's going to do this." Well, I think it was when Ryan's name came up, it was just such a a comfort, really, because they had that pre existing relationship. Um, and, and 
Ryan's been CC'd on lots of emails that I'd, I'd received. And I, I knew that my dad trusted him and had faith in him. So it kind of was a no brainer. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is having that faith to pull it. Cause we've seen so many different estates take over. Yeah. And almost like the Clancy's. Um, and they're, they're really they're hard, man. Yeah. They're really like Birdie. Like I, so I work for Birdie, <clears throat> which is really cool. Um, you know, the deals with Penguin, they're going to publish this, but my boss is, is Birdie. So, um, that was a comfort to me. The estate books, like I won't name names, but some of the estates can be really hard to, to work for and write for. And that's never been the case, uh, with Birdie. I probably drive her nuts cause I call her all the time to ask her things and, and run things by her. But I've never felt like a sense of like, um, restricted, you know, with, with, with creating for Monarch and the next book. And, um, it's been very freeing. I've leaned pretty hard on conversations from the past with Ted to know where I want to go with things. But, um, I mean, she's been amazing to work with. And I think that's why the first time I talked to her, like I knew for sure I wanted to do this. <clears throat> um, and a lot of these gigs, that's, that's not, that's not always the case. And um, I don't know how it is with acting. You know, if you sit in and you read for something and you, you're like, definitely, I don't want to do that. Um, and I don't know how birdies thrived as an act. Like my kids, like with school plays, like when I try to help them with that, like, I can't not laugh. That's my thing. Okay. <laughs> so like, even if like, we're just preparing a scene, <clears throat> I can't not laugh. And I'm the guy that like in the, in the highest pressure situation, if it's a do not laugh at all situation, don't look at me. Like, do not look at me. And my best friend lives right across the street. His name's Mikey. He's in my series. His wife, Emily, is a dear friend of mine, but she is like my kryptonite. There's been multiple situations where it's like, do not laugh. It's a very serious. Everyone needs to be serious. She'll look at me and that's it. And it's like, I can't hold it together. I can't act professional like it's so bad and so the thought of like being an actor would terrify me uh being a writer is so different because you're just you're just alone you like you can see like i have a stack of books and and notes and i'm alone man i you sit and you create and um but that's how i got to know ted he would be alone in his office and he would call me and it would always crack me up because our our processes are like very different <clears throat> so he would never take notes or outline anything ever and then he'd call me and go, Hey buddy, I'm stuck. And I'd be like, well, where are you at? And so he'd start reading me chapters and I would just get lost in hearing him narrate Hawk. And then he'd stop reading and I'd be like, dude, that's amazing. Like what comes next? And he'd be like, I have no idea. That's why I called you. Like what would come next? And I'm like, Oh, I have no idea. You know? And so we'd start spitballing. And um, so, so I think of that, our styles are so different, but like, that's what a writer does. You're alone with these characters so much. And all I could really say is when I first heard about it, um, I was, I was so caught off guard when I heard that it could happen. Like, this is true. I haven't said this publicly yet, Jason, but like when it first came up, my agent said, like, would you have any interest? And I was like, I really thought they meant as like an editor. Cause I worked with Ted. So I was like, yeah, whoever they get, you know, I'd love to, I can't imagine not being involved. Cause I worked with Ted for like nine years like this. I, I want to be involved. And in like the most politest way possible, my agent was like, no. And I know he wanted to be like, you're an idiot. Like, but he was like, no, like, as do you want to write it? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, 
that hadn't crossed my mind. And, um, you know, I immediately thought back to some of my, my last conversations with Ted. And I thought if I would have had any clue whatsoever, this might've ever happened. I would have asked so many more questions, (laughs) right? So many more. And, um, so, so now we're trying to, I try to channel him and, and figure out where he was going with things. And it's just, it's been probably the most fun I've ever had writing. Now, Bertie, before we, we hit record today, we were talking about like, you know, the Alex Hawk character, yeah, you know, the protagonist. And this is like post 9-11, around 9-11 time. And yeah. like you were saying, like the country really needed, they needed heroes. Yeah. And they needed characters. They needed people to read. They needed an escape. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that. Uh, like what were your, what was your experience with your dad with that? Well, it started with when he wrote the children's book, Nick of Time, and he started that as early as like 93. And it was sort of like a similar um, motivation, except on a smaller scale. It was that he didn't feel like I was, there was any literature for children that captured, captured that, that spirit of, of heroism. Um, And so he, he created Nick of Time and out of Nick of Time, came this world of Alex Hawk. Um, but I don't think he had had Alex in mind at all when he was writing the children's books. I think he just created this whole universe. It was pretty, um, pretty amazing. And then, um, yeah, and then, and then uh, post 9-11, it's sort of, you know, he wanted to, I think he really wanted to expand that to a broader audience. Yeah, I had him on, uh, was that, we were talking, uh, Brian and I were talking before, episode 275, and now we're like episode 470, so been a lot of, lot of, you know, that was my first real experience with the Alex Hawk series, and I was yeah. like, oh wow, this is cool, and it's such a cool interview, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, such a cool <clears throat> series, and such well, a cool listen, Like, to Bertie's point, and it's just funny, because I, I literally had this out. No uh, way! Yeah, I, because I so like adults should read this too. By the way, I got yeah. copies for all my kids, and I I'm not like allowed to say a lot about Monarch, but there's a scene early that I've been doing a lot of research for. So I I picked up Nick of Time to go back because it starts with like a very riveting, like I, I don't want to give it away, but there's a scene on water. It's a sailing chapter that is like really well done. And I think for kids, like, yeah, kids are going to love it, but like adults should read this too. I would say if you're watching, if you're a fan of Alex Hawk and you didn't read Nick of Time and a Time Pirate, yeah. you should get that right away. Now, when you guys are putting together this new series, not really new series, but like the series living on, how do you get together? Is it like email? Are you guys giving each other's calls? I drive her nuts, dude. I call her all the time. Like we talk I, almost every day, like yeah. through through various platforms. Yeah. Well, listen, Birdie's been my lifeline in this. Like, really, I feel like um, when you do this gig, I think there's other jobs that would have been easier Um, purely because you don't have the the emotional attachment that I have. So it's not just write a good book. It's write a book that Ted would have liked that he would have signed off on. Um, And I don't want I don't want to let him down. I don't want to let his readers down. I don't want to let Alex Hawk down. I don't want to let Birdie down. 
And so she's been my lifeline. I reach out to her really about everything, probably more than she wants, but all the time, because I, I so want to make sure that whatever this is, is if she's getting what she wants out of it too. And I think we have a, a very shared goal, which is <clears throat> give the readers the kind of experience that they would have got from Ted. It's going to look a little different, you know, cause it'll be, it'll be for me, but it's every time Hawk opens his mouth, my goal is to make sure it's, it's Lord Alex Hawk coming out. Right. And I work really hard at that. And so sometimes I need to run dialogue by her or story ideas. And um, like I said, it's really been a lifeline uh, for me. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm I'm excited for both of you guys working together. I'd like to see legacies continue. That is like, you know, I get so deeply invested in like certain TV series and stuff like that. And all of a sudden you hit like the last one. It gets canceled and you're like, oh, my gosh, make a book about it. Like they just came out with a book, um, Heat 2. Michael Mann. And it was like, Heat was one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. You know, the, the neo crime thriller. Just, I loved it. And now they're going to be making a Heat 2 movie. So, I mean, it may take years for it to eventually happen, but it's like, I love that. I love following series. I love continuing series. And it's like, we, you know, Ryan and I were talking about different series throughout the years that have been going since I've been a kid. Like mm-hmm. Webb Griffin, you know, the Clancy's, everything. And it's like, I want them to continue for as long as possible. And if it does go to other authors, you could see, you can see that, like, you know what? They're continuing it on the right way. Yeah. And you have to entrust your authors to be able to be like, okay, we're going to bring this to life. Might be a little bit, little different here and there, but the, the core of it has to be like, you know, solid. Yeah. I agree. I think every writer um, deep down, hopes to write and create a character that will transcend them. You know, I I can attest to that. Like when I launched my own series, like the Matthew red books, you hope that they're loved enough, right enough that if something ever happens to you one day, someone else will continue that you, you want those characters to live on. I feel very comfortable and confident saying Ted would be thrilled to know Hawk is living on. Yes. Yeah. Now a movie, a TV series, do we see that kind of like, you know, maybe because we've seen so many. Look, Jack Carr did it. Uh, there are so many. I mean, Mark Rainey, everybody's kind of going that way. with, And it's so great. Yeah, Netflix. Jack Ryan. Yeah. All Reacher, I love yeah. Him, yeah. Are you looking for like an Alex Hawk series now? Or? It's such a big universe. It's such a I big know. world. I think that it's sort of like, how do you how do you kind of um, contain it or, you know, edit it for 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 the screen but i think that would be really cool i think a series would be really cool yeah you definitely have to have series there's so much you can't get into like a two and a half hour movie. yeah definitely not now Bertie, you've been you know in front of the camera what would your dream role be that's really interesting you know i think um growing up i really wanted to do period work um I was really, uh, that was sort of what I thought I would, would end up doing. And then I fell into comedy and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> and I kind of just started doing more and more comedy. I think now my dream role would be on a soap opera just for the consistency of work. I, I tell you what, and I'm going to be, I'm going to admit this out loud, but I'm on this binge with my daughter. She's 13 and watching Jane the Virgin. 
Oh, how and I'm is like, that? oh my gosh, it's so funny, but because it's almost <laughs> like a, a telenoeva or a telenoeva. Yeah, whatever. totally. It's so funny, and but like soaps are awesome. I mean, yeah. I I was you know, hey, when I was in the army, and we were just chilling. I've watched Days of Our Lives. I'm yeah. like, in the nineties, I was watching some Days of Our Lives. You know, yeah. Bo and Hope and everybody else. Come on, people. You know what I'm talking. Yeah. Ryan, you know what I'm talking about, Bo and Hope, or maybe you I don't. don't. But I trust you. Uh, okay. I, I like don't watch anything. Like I, I live in my, especially right now. Now that I'm doing two books a year, I don't see anything. I, I'm. I started watching The Crown because Bertie told me how good it was, and it is. It's fantastic. Um, outside of that, I'll just, I take your word for it. I believe. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you're the kind of guy that could make watching soaps like really badass. Like that works. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to watch Birdie. If you go on soaps, I'll watch a couple episodes. Yeah. Like, hey, wait, Birdie was on the show. This is awesome. If Birdie uh, was in it, I'd watch it. She did a, a show. I think it was called what, um, Odd Odd Mom's Out. Yeah, Odd Mom Out. Yeah. Odd Mom Out. And my wife was a huge fan. Um, and so it was really funny because I didn't realize that, that was Ted's daughter at the time. We'd oh, no watch way. it, and then one time I was interviewing Ted, and I, I asked him, like, what are you watching? He was like, Odd Mom Out, you know, and I was like, oh, my wife loves that show, and he was like, yeah, I watch it because my daughter's in it, and I was like, what? Like, I had no clue at all, and um, and so uh, we started watching that, and um, yeah, Birdie was in it, I would watch it. I, I always think who she would play in the Hawk universe. You know, that's the thing is bringing characters to screen has to be tough. Whoever the casting director is. Right. Because you have to be like, you know, there was a lot of visualization when I saw in the Jack Carr series. I was like, eh. you know, Mark Rainey with, um, you know, with some of the tertiary characters. And I, I like Chris Pratt, but, you know, Ryan Gosling, I thought was great as a gray man. I mean, but that's a, that's another series I would have loved to have seen move on to more than just what it was. <laughs> Dude, it's really tough writing because I'm so visual. So in my series, Matthew Red, I've always envisioned Jason Momoa as Red. So it's yeah. real simple. I see him in my head. Yeah. And my wife is like real thrilled with that pick because she is <laughs> also a big Jason Momoa fan. Just so differently than me. Hey, come on, who's and not? You know? I, listen, yeah, I can't even I can't even blame her. Um, but like with Hawk, what's funny is they they've been close to Hawk movies in the past. And I've, yeah. I've known all the actors that have been attached and I've had every conversation with Ted and some of it is just funny for me. Cause it'd be like, you know, Chris Hemsworth name would come up and Ted loved him, but he didn't quite look like Hawk. But then later on it was Jason Statham and he loved that. And I'm like, he looks nothing like Hawk Yeah, <clears throat> um, brings the physicality. Couldn't really nail the role. So one of the hardest things for me when I first started writing Monarch was, Oh, I needed to see Alex. And yeah. so um, I won't say which actor I look at, but I definitely have someone in mind that when I'm writing, that's who I see and who I hear. Yeah, I guess it's, uh, you know, now that I'm embarking on this fiction world, I kind of see different people and different characters. Yeah. Oh, are you world. writing? I just started. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're coming up with names and scenarios is interesting it's very interesting because as much as i want it to be based on reality mm -hmm. sometimes like the reality is just it's very real <laughs> it's like yeah. 
Huh, do how how real do I do I want this to be like a guidebook for bad guys or no? <laughs> because yeah. some yeah. of the things that in my yeah. background, you know, some of the things I've seen, I'm like, I have to make sure I don't put a lot of Absolutely. tactics, techniques, and procedures in there. Yeah. yeah. There, there's also the balance of like you want it to be realistic but entertaining, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the, the thing that you guys that have like these these real backgrounds that these characters have lived struggle with has always been. And I'm speaking as an editor now, having worked with so many of you, it's like, oh, this stakeout wouldn't work like that. And I'm like, yeah, but nobody cares. No one's going to mm-hmm. read a boring stakeout. Like, they're not going to do right. it. What's nice about the Hawk universe is Ted always favored, like, go big and have fun. <laughs> and the very first advice, literally signed the contract, got the call from Tom Colgan, who's the editor at Penguin. And he said, have fun. Go big and have fun. And so, um, so like when I go from writing red, right. With my series to writing hot, it couldn't be more different. Um, at, like Matthew red is in Montana. He's a cattle rancher. He's poor. And I, I was telling birdie, like the last book that I just turned in for that series, it was a struggle. Cause like, there's a firearm I want red to have, but I couldn't figure out how he'd afford it. And then I had to like really spend time figuring out how he would get this gun. And then I turned the book in, I went to write Hawk, and within like five minutes, I gave him a $790 million <laughs> private jet. And I was like, different world, man. He is the sixth richest dude in England. There's nothing he can't afford. That makes it really fun for me. Any idea, any concept you have, you can do with a character like Hawk. And that that's what makes him so unique. That's what makes him so fun. I think that's why readers love him, and it's why I'm having such a good time writing him. I love it. Bertie, I think, you know, when you were talking before about like comedy and, mm-hmm. and then we're talking about the Alex Hawk series, big and fun. I mean, that must yeah. be, I, I interview. I remember interviewing your dad and I was like, yeah. this is pretty, this is a very, a very interesting interview for me because like, it's more of a conversation. It was just such a great experience. And that must have been like, what was that like? You know, just watching him create and then seeing that come to life. And it must've been like a kid at the candy store when he it, got the final yeah final product yeah that's exactly it like a kid in a candy store um he was just larger than life and just you know set the bar really really high i was just never not uh entertained never not inspired um so yeah it's been it's been it's been a difficult a a difficult loss so this has been really like a huge gift um in 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 terms of um processing my grief just to know that um i've lost my dad but i'm not losing these characters in this world i'm just to me as an outsider looking in it's just such a good experience that ryan has such a background with your dad yeah. and trusting this process to him yeah yeah and ryan that goes to us is like hey you know what um you're you you're you do a lot and now you're working on this this must be really cool though to actually take something like this and be like wow Dude, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, literally in my life. Like, it, like it genuinely is. Um, and then I, I spoke about it earlier. It, it goes to, I, I really think, and this is like, I don't want it to sound negative, but if I was doing a different branded book, different estate book, that I didn't have the attachment to, I think it'd be really easy. You're, you're hired to write it. You just write it and turn it in. I agonize over, and this is no joke, every word, 
every sentence. <clears throat> there, it, it, when Monarch comes out, I want fans to love it. But if they don't, it won't be for lack of trying. Like um, two, two, three weekends ago, I was. I told Birdie when I first started, like I couldn't hear Hawk in my head. You need to, as a writer, you have to hear these characters. And then it got to like a whisper. And then I was hearing him. I, I would say it, it's like his inside voice. But I'm hearing it better now. He's shouting at me. Like now it's getting yelling at you. But like three weekends ago, my poor wife was like bringing me up coffee and meals. I wrote. I've never done this. 19 hours straight in wow. my office. I never left. I just was grinding it. And the hard thing about it is, Ted was by far, and I really mean this, by far the most gifted wordsmith in our genre. Nobody could write like him. And so I'll write a sentence where I'm like, "That's a pretty good." Brian Steck sentence. That's a terrible Ted Bell sentence. So I have to go back. <clears throat> and there's been times I'm just beating my face on the keyboard because I, I know it's off. Like it's very easy to tell when it's not, when it's not right. It is not always easy to know how to fix it. And so I, I'm getting better. It's getting easier now that I'm, I'm like a third of the way into the book. Um, but sometimes it's just one word. It's one word, you know, and, and knowing Ted, I think makes this easier to do because Alex Hawk speaks with a very specific cadence. He he's really selective in his word choice. There's certain words he doesn't use and the way he talks is very unlike anyone else. But if you knew Ted, you knew that he was the real Alex Hawk. He was like the 70 year old version of Alex Hawk. So the way Ted would talk, it's kind of how Hawk talk. And, and I, and because I know that I can really shut things down, sit here in silence and I'll just replay conversations with Ted. And then I'll try to hear what I'm writing here. Like, can I hear him say it? And, and if I can, and it works, then I'm like, I can move on, but it is by far the hardest thing I've ever done. It's also the most rewarding. Um, when I'm writing one of my books, if I'm writing a Matthew red thriller, I want my fans to love it. But if they don't like that's on me made me look bad when, when you're picking up and carrying forward someone's legacy that you really love. And I really loved him when I found out he passed. I mean, I locked myself away in here and I, I sobbed like a child. So the pressure to get it right is so high. And when I feel like I've gotten it right, it's like, okay, I can relax. And then you start to have fun. And Hawk is such a fun character. There's no one like him in the industry. I mean, you will not find another character. He's Bond on steroids, like really, truly. And um, he can do things that no one else in the genre can do. Again, he's probably the only billionaire badass hero operating in the thriller genre, you know? So there's nothing off limits. But yes, the pressure to like get it right and make sure that not only readers like it, but like I don't let Ted down is it is the hardest thing I've ever done for sure. I look at it a different way. You were very invested and vested and a friend with Ted. You followed the stories, you know, the stories you're inside out. You're emotionally attached to it. But then when yeah. you look at it, if somebody else took it over, who was just a good writer, but didn't have that complete investment in it, you would probably be kicking yourself going, hmm, hmm. But now you, yeah, yeah, your credibility yeah. is yeah. because you have this, yeah. When, when it first came up and then I, I was, you know, I was stupid to start and I didn't realize 
my agent mentioned me as a writer. I thought I'd be an editor when I was really clear that, Oh, they, yeah, they do need a writer. Um, I was kind of obsessed with it. Like I knew I'd have to talk to birdie. Like she, she's always going to be the boss. So it was like, just don't ma- by the way, cause my wife knew how bad that I wanted it. Like once I really realized this could happen, you, you never let yourself want anything professionally, right? Like in the industry, you never do that. I did. And it was my wife that like my, my poor wife, Melissa always has to deal with, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. And she was like, babe, like just talk to her. I was so in like, so nervous to talk to birdie. Like I was like, if I mess it up, she's going to pick someone else. She'd go any direction. And to think of like where we're at now, um, I consider her a really close friend, you know, and it's been a really uh, rewarding um, gig. If only to get to know her because she is so like, and you'll like, you'll see, cause you interviewed Ted. <clears throat> She's a lot like her dad. <laughs> she is, she is her dad in, in a prettier package with a filter. Like Ted always said this stuff, right. like you really aren't allowed to say, but he could, and no one cared and he could get away with it. Bernie yeah. does like, he knows where to stop, but she is really like her dad. And um, it's made this really enjoyable for me. I love it. Thank I'm really excited you. for both of you guys working together. It's been really fun. I, like, it honestly has been really fun. So this is it. We're looking at what, 2025? Yeah. For the first one, yeah. Very cool. So last thoughts. Birdie, what's up next for you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The strike just ended, but I've got, you know, my personal life that is going in a different direction. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know what's up next. Yeah. You know, the, the weirdest thing is with that strike is my daughter and I were going to be, we put in to be background actors for the outer banks. Yeah. Were like, I was going to be like construction guy. Number one. And she was going to yeah. be like, or something like that. I'm like, there's like so much fun things in the industry, but the strike was a, a very interesting time yeah. for the industry. Yeah. And I'm excited to see you on screen. And I'm like, anybody out there, you know, you really have to check. I got to go check out the show too. I got to see what your acting, your comedic chops are. I'm excited <laughs> about that. I find myself watching so much more. Like it depends if I'm in a, if I'm in a different mood, I'm like very like, you know, the Bosch theories and binge and that stuff. But I love comedies. I love just to forget about things for a little while. Just, just listen, and watch. Yeah. <laughs> This is it. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. We're going to put this episode out and everybody's going to know all about the next ventures of Alex Hawk. Awesome. 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 Awesome.